a couple times a year, we host our Call to Courage live workshop, which is a 10-day 10 uh, 10 long event that consists of an opening circle, three days of workshops, and a closing circle. And then from that, we invite uh, people who completed that live workshop to come and join the Father's Sons Brothers tribe. Welcome to the podcast for men who are ready to lead their most expansive and courageous lives. Thank you for joining us on this adventure where we'll be questioning old paradigms and architecting new ways to live, laugh, and love. I'm Gareth Pickering. And I'm Matt Dazi. We believe that your story could contain the key that unlocks someone else's healing. So we connect with humans from all walks of life as they share their journeys from chaos to courage. So if you're ready to experience the ease and flow that come from living an expansive and well-crafted life, you're in the right place. This is the Call to Courage podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of the Call to Courage podcast. I'm Gareth Pickering, and I'm here today with Matt Dazzy. And this episode is a reflection of our journey as entrepreneurs and the theme of business in both of our lives. Entrepreneurship has been a part of me almost as long as I can remember. When I was old enough to, I had a newspaper around where I would be challenged to delivering newspapers every single day, whether it was raining or whether it was sunny. And Saturday mornings were particularly tough paper route days for me because that was the day that you had the property section and the property section was probably the thickness of four regular newspapers. So my newspaper round of 121 houses really was 400 odd houses on a Saturday. And that meant it took a lot longer. It was also a Saturday, but it made me realize that I was able to show up and put the time in and be able to make my own money. And that journey for me was an important sort of starting point into my entrepreneurial journey. And when I was in high school, the same friend that I used to deliver newspapers with, him and I also set up a hot dog stand and on Saturday mornings, we were no longer doing newspapers on Saturday mornings. We would buy hot dogs from, well, we'd buy the sausages from the local butcher. And in the car park for the Saturday morning shoppers, we would grill the sausages and sell hot dogs. And again, I remember the feeling at the end of those days of being like, I've put in all this effort, but everything I'm holding in my hand now is mine. And that's really been the spark of my entrepreneurial journey. And I've only spent, besides the co-creation where I worked for my dad in his IT business, I've only really worked for a couple of months when I was selling insurance in Johannesburg for somebody else. For the rest of the time, my entrepreneurial journey has really been creations of working for myself to make money and investing that money. And Matt, perhaps you want to reflect on your entrepreneurial journey. I know it's also been a lengthy and colorful one. You know, I hear you talking about selling hot dogs as a kid or when you were in high school. And I was just for the first time in a long time thinking about my first entrepreneurial venture. And that was teaching tennis. I uh, was good at tennis and I was able to offer classes to a bunch of other kids in the neighborhood and make money. And 
That was the start of something that I have described in my past as a serial entrepreneur, uh, a journey as a serial entrepreneur of just like compulsively doing these businesses over and over again and seeing how business models function and sort of, it can be an illness in a way. You can sort of get addicted to it and drunk off of it. And like you mentioned that, you know, you only had one real job for that short period in your life. And, and I too only really worked for someone for a short time. And there's something to building your own business and doing your own thing and creating something from scratch that, that I love. And over the course of my journey in serial entrepreneurship, I have started well over 50 different projects and businesses. Some of them sputtered out. Some of them were uh, uber successful. And one commonality in all of those that I was identifying and reflecting for this episode is I've never had a business of my own and I've never been on a project longer than I've been on this one right here, uh, doing Father, Sons, Brothers, which is the evolution of our, our past iterations of this have lived more perfect days. And yeah, I'm excited to get into these topics today and really explore how we are creating a business that weaves perfectly with our lifestyle, almost as though it's a work of art. And the more that we do this work, the more that I see it more as a creation than as work. I'm resonating with that. And you and I have spoken about this topic a lot offline. And what resonated with me about um, that serial entrepreneur piece was I remember feeling a level of sort of guilt or almost shame at the number of businesses that I had started that hadn't quite made it yet. I know, and right? You go back and you look at your portfolio <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sorry, sorry to interrupt you. It resonates no, with no, me no. so much though. It's like, shit. It's like you have friends that have got you even use the word real jobs where they where somehow working for somebody else is defined as real where the entrepreneurial path is defined as this lawless like outback where you just go and hack it and see how it goes but i remember the part of me that would be sharing with somebody like i've started a new business and you would see them sort of roll their eyes they're like Fuck, six months ago you were starting another version of something different and i I had that feeling of being like, like, I'm sort of feel like I'm hustling a little bit, you know, to try and make ends meet and there's always a new idea. So I recognize the addictive part of that um, in my own journey. And I really feel that an important part of my business evolution was the evolution away from the marketing agency that I built in Johannesburg, which was a really a 10 year time commitment and investment started with a friend who transitioned out and another partner who came in and who and I had an amazing journey together of building this organization and it grew and at the time I didn't recognize it but I can reflect back on it now and recognize where I was in a mindset of working in my business with or looking at it rather through the lens of competition in the advertising agency in South Africa I guess a lot of advertising agencies they're vying for the corporates with the big budgets to try and keep the lights on and pitching for business. And in that world, it really felt like I would put in a proposal and if I didn't get it, somebody else did. And it sort of created this role of scarcity where somebody else in a similar business to me was in competition to me. And over the last few years and a powerful awakening that I've recognized recently is we've evolved our brand into serving men and 
the general label that's applied to this is men's work, showing up and creating spaces for men. And now when I see other people doing men's work, not only is it a confirmation for me that we're on the right place, or in the right place rather, or on the right path, but really this idea of like, awesome, we need as many dogs in this fights as possible and we need many soldiers. So thank God there's more people doing this work and let's, how do we collaborate and work together rather than like, oh, we might as well stop or we're somehow in competition with other people that have got a podcast speaking to men or another offer that speaks to our same audience. Yeah, this idea of collaboration over competition is big and I'm with you. I used to be in that mindset of if someone else was doing it, I would almost abandon the business model that I had been sketching and try to think of something that no one else had out there. And with this project especially, uh, it's super encouraging to see that men's work is coming to the front, that people are talking about this, that men who are looking to make changes in their life are seeking out other men who are on a similar path to support each other in a way that... I mean, it really wasn't a part of my childhood growing up. I mean, as men, we were sort of brought up to compete with one another and be strong and and not reveal our vulnerabilities for fear that they would be used against us. And yeah, anyway, I digress a little bit because what I really want to talk about is this idea of how what we're creating, well, I guess this does kind of fit into what we're saying, all the people who are doing men's work out there are all are all engaged in a similar way that we are and we're all also unique in the way that the story that brought us to our present moment to doing this type of work is unique to us and the more that we share what we do Gareth you said it the other day in one of our side calls that we are uniquely qualified to share the journey that we've been on with the world. We're uniquely qualified to do that. And part of the art of this business that we're creating here and, and weaving that art in business is telling our story in a way that's authentic and honest and true and raw so that it can resonate with the type of brother who resonates with us and our message so that they can come along and do the work because the world needs to do the work. The men in the world need to do the work to evolve and to step into their courage and to be better versions of themselves. And I would love them to come do it with us. And if they're doing it with some other brother doing men's work that's a separate brand from us, I think that's amazing too. And it's just, it's all encouraging. It's all great. And I'm thankful we're at this spot. Mm. One of the places where I recognize that Matt and I got stuck over the last four years in working with Live More Perfect Days was by not having a mentor. We were under the impression that I, when I reflect back on it, and I think this is part of the journey is to look back and see, and this is what comes from doing a post game. I'm jumping a little bit, but when you do a post game on a specific phase, which is something that we teach, a reflective process of taking a look at the last four years of creating Live More Perfect Days, what did we learn? I can clearly see where I was attached to the idea that I was a digital nomad and I knew what I was doing. And so I didn't need a mentor to take me on the, on the path. And in some ways I was almost positioning myself as uniquely qualified to teach this stuff, but I didn't have the results to back it up. And I was very attached to that idea. And I found myself in a, in a loop there where had we 
called in a mentor or a coach or a guide earlier on in our process, we would have been further down the path by now. And I take full responsibility and celebrate the perfection in our journey that got us to where we are now. The fact that we went through this struggle for four years, struggle meaning our business didn't make any money, to get us to where we are now. But the role of us spending time seeking out the best possible mentor that has built the exact business that we want to bring into the world has taken us quite clearly to a new level. And our business coach is someone that we are speaking about inside the Call to Courage conversation. We're sharing some of the lessons that we're learning from our coach with our community inside the Call to Courage conversation. And we're actually un um, unpacking our entire business model inside that conversation. So we're not going to get into too much detail about that here. Suffice to say that we are very conscious at the moment of choosing our mentors to support us in all the areas of our lives where we want to show up fully. Because just like we need a guide in business, I need a guide for me to be able to show up fully in my health and body and someone to show me the way in fitness. And so one of the first things our mentor said to us was, who's this for? And that led us on a path of discovery that I'll let Matt unpack in, in his next point. And the second was, make some money quickly. A business can't carry on indefinitely by Facebook's likes and YouTube views unless your business model is building a YouTube channel and that's where you're gonna make your money from. But if you're selling a course or a product or program and you're making a few hundred bucks a month and you've got overheads of a few thousand bucks a month, your business is not sustainable. So Matt, maybe talk into getting clear on who it is that our message program and products are for. Yeah, it's that whole idea of if you're speaking to everybody, you're speaking to nobody. And Gareth, you and I definitely fell into that, um, I don't know, that pattern when A we were doing times. our first iteration. <laughs> yeah, everyone needs this work. Everyone needs it. Now we don't need to specify. Like anybody who finds this would love it and needs it. Uh -huh. um, and that was a big fallacy. And yeah, thank God our business coach turned us on to discovering Jack. Uh, Jack is our avatar, which is a fictitious character that he generally embodies some of the problems that we are trying to support him to solve at Father, Sons, Brothers. And yeah, Jack is in his late 30s. He's got a few kids. He lives in the UK. He makes good money. Back before he was married, he traveled a little bit. He got a taste of that sort of backpacker lifestyle. And now he is working a job that isn't quite fulfilling him. Uh, his relationship with his wife isn't quite where he wants it to be. Maybe he's not feeling like the best inspiring dad to his kids that he could be. Um, and he has a handful of things in his life that he wants to do better. And he's looking for the courage, essentially, to identify what those things are and, and step into it. And our aim here at Father, Sons, Brothers with this podcast and with the experience that we're making with the, the Call to Courage conversation and the Call to Courage live workshop that's coming up, our aim is to create an experience that supports Jack to become the best version of himself. And that involves giving him a framework, giving him lifestyle design tools and strategies and habits and routines and support to make that leap. And once we identified Jack, we were able to do something called a founder's launch. Gareth, you want to jump into the founder's launch and talk about 
sort of our first entree into serving Jack? Yeah, the the two the two initial steps of starting any business is who is it for? We needed to get clear on that, and that's how Jack was born. And then the second part was make some money quickly, which means prove your offer, make sure that there's a demand for what it is that you're putting out into the world. And the idea is that before you go and create the whole online program and spend days, months, or four years building an experience for somebody, get to the place where you can, they call it confirming your offer, make an offer to some people. And the confirmation that there's a demand for your product is not when your family and friends say, well done, Gareth, that's a great idea, you should do it. It's when somebody in your target market is prepared to invest money to confirm that they are prepared to go on this journey with you. And I'm saying this in a big, broad level, because if you're in this place of creating an online offering or even a, an in-person offering, don't spend too long polishing and refining the product that goes out to the world before you've got somebody in your target market to commit to spending some money to go on this journey with you. So for us, practically what that looked like was a founder's circle, the first group of men that went through our digital experience. And it was eight brothers that went through a four-week experience that Matt and I curated. All of them paid to be there. And not only did that give us some upfront cash, it gave us the confirmation that the work that we were doing was valuable. People in our audience said, yes, I will pay the money to be part of this experience. And what comes from that is direct feedback in order to shape the experience and the product that you're taking to the world that you never get if you never go through the process of getting feedback through a real person. We spent four years building a product or a program without really getting direct feedback that we got in a four-week experience by doing this Founders launch. So first of all, get clear on who it is that you're speaking to, especially in the online world, because if you think you're speaking to everybody, in a busy online world, you're speaking to nobody. You need to speak directly to your audience. And for us, that's Jack. This podcast, every time we go live, we're doing this for Jack, this fictitious character that is part of our tribe. And then the next step is to get confirmation of your product and your offer so that you can see whether there's a space for it in the world. If you're creating something and no one's prepared to pay for it, you need to refine the business model or you need to be clearer about who it's for and the problem that it's addressing. Do you have questions you'd like to ask our guests? Well, now you can. This conversation and future ones like it take place in our private Telegram channel where members can comment, ask questions, and give feedback that actively shapes the conversation. To get access and contribute your unique voice, go to calltocourage.live and join our community. Okay, now back to the show. Yeah, and having an environment like the Founder Circle uh, to really work one-on-one -on -one or, or in a, a live in-person environment with your, your direct audience as you come up with great ideas. And one of the pieces of gold that we harvested from that was the birth of the main stage. Main stage is a feature that exists inside our father, sons, brothers uh, tribe membership. And it's essentially a virtual stage uh, hosted on Telegram where Gareth and I run through an audio note conversation with somebody we call a level up partner. That's a guest who we bring onto the stage and we essentially interview them instead of over the course of an hour like we might do on a podcast, we bring them onto the main stage for an entire week and the conversation takes place between us 
and the brothers in the circle and we allow this subject matter expert to essentially install their knowledge, their systems, their advice into us and our lifestyles and be there to bounce ideas back and forth, ask questions, get responses. And yeah, implementing that and carrying that forward with our offer seems to me to be one of the, the biggest wins. We, we brought on a handful of really awesome characters. Uh, one was Rishi, who talked about cryptocurrency. Uh, Baba Dez talked about conscious sexuality. We got into plant medicine. And yeah, ultimately, that format allowed us to give launch to this podcast. So um, if you want to see actually how we were able to turn that conversation into a podcast, you can go back to episode five and hear Baba Dez talk about conscious sexuality. And so, yeah, with this whole business coach and this founders launch, we were really able to up our infrastructure game. And that's a big part of doing business the right way. Gareth, talk a little bit about our infrastructure. One of the areas where I recognize that some people in these um, digital businesses come unstuck is they don't put in place some of the infrastructure that's required to run a successful business. They'll create an online program and say something like, cool, I want to get to $5,000 a month. Part of the process of bringing that level of income into your world is the process of actually doing the the infrastructure build to be able to have a, an entity into which you can flow the $5,000, as well as the decluttering that's required in order to receive that. So are your taxes up to date? Who's gonna be the, the owner of the customer? And so I wanna to touch on that. It's kind of administrative. It's kind of a bit boring in some ways. And it's a crucially important part of building uh, any sort of project of this nature where you want to be able to receive funds and show up professionally for the creation that you're making and that is getting your your house in order with regards to setting up a global business and for us that looks like a corporation in the UK with bank accounts in the UK a Stripe account a PayPal account paying tax in the UK a separate holding company in Panama that is the owner of the customer and a favorable tax rate for us to be able to flow the financial energy that's going to come from this business as it starts to grow the way that we're experiencing it and the way that we're projecting that it's going to grow. And so this is an important piece that needed to be put in place. And many people go through the idea of saying, okay, I'm going to do it and I'll do all the other things and I've got the website and I've got all of that, but they negate, negate this important piece. And it's almost like a, an energy leak where it's like, oh, I haven't quite got this done, but I'll, I'll get it done when, it's, when the money's coming in. And it's almost like it needs to be done the other way around. There needs to be, the analogy we use is the idea of energy coming into your experience through your business and through your creation and that energy flows through your experience like a river. And if you don't have strong river banks to be able to flow 2,000 customers into your experience, that river bank is just going to break. If you haven't got tax up to date, you don't know where your um, taxation is going to be paid, where your money is going to be flowing. And so we've spent a lot of time creating these solid banks to be able to receive this energy as we start to flow and, and grow our business. And a side conversation, which I won't get into too much detail, is also the ability to be able to receive alternative means of payment. And for us, that represents new ways of doing finance, topics like cryptocurrency as part of our infrastructure that we've put in place. 
Yeah, the infrastructure upgrade was big. And the other thing we did really well was simplifying our model. I think, Gareth, you and I are master over-engineers <laughs> of, <laughs> of thinking about uh, yeah. all the different ways we can communicate with a customer and create offers and create unique opportunities to put an offer in front of them. And if they say no to it, what's the follow-up offer? And the hours we've spent on whiteboards creating these really elaborate uh, sales funnels using our shared knowledge of of digital nomad infrastructure and models that we've seen work in our own businesses in the past, trying to bring them here. And ultimately, we decided to simplify, and I think that was one of the best decisions we ever made. And the journey that we've created now for Jack, our fictitious avatar character, uh, begins right here on the podcast, having a podcast that Jack can listen to and find resonance with our messaging. And if, uh, if he wants to get more involved, there is the second level, which is the Call to Courage conversation. And that's accessible at calltocourage.live, where he can go and register and get into this Telegram group where we uh, share... Um, more audio notes, uh, tools, links to teachers, um, deeper dives into the subject matter that we get into in the podcast. And then a couple times a year, we host our Call to Courage live workshop, which is a 10-day 10 uh, 10 long event that consists of an opening circle, three days of workshops, and a closing circle. And then from that, we invite uh, people who completed that live workshop to come and join the Father's Sons Brothers tribe. And yeah, the progression of that experience of just hearing our voice on a podcast to actually sitting in a circle with us and 2,000 other men and sharing what's alive with us and owning our calls to courage, like that, that model gets me excited and yeah it's just one more way that I think I don't know I look at what we're doing Gareth and I'm fucking proud of it man like <laughs> I'm proud of what we've created I'm proud of the growth that you and I have had over these years and how we've we've really taken a look at how the world is working right now and how we want it to be and we've driven a stake in the ground and saying here from this point we're going to pivot and, and move into uncharted territory and, and it's exciting we've been let's say this differently what we've learned from in the past has been a move away from a profit only business model to something that we call lifestyle alignment and that is making sure that we're building this creation in a way that aligns with the way that we want to live we meaning whoever's attached to this project and what that requires for us is letting go of old stories of how businesses should look and how teams co-create together. And we've been intentional, if you've listened to episode four, uh, which is languaging and story. I think that's actually six, episode six. Language and story is the way that we have used words and redefined specific terms has been intentional. And the reason that we do that is because the words and the way that we describe things matter. And so we're looking at our project less like a business and more like a co-creation 
of those that are involved. If you're listening to this, you're part of this co-creation. If you choose to engage at a deeper level, as Matt said, inside our Telegram group, we want this co-creation to be a, the alchemy of everybody that's involved in it. But it requires letting go of old models and one of the medium-term objectives that we have for this co-creation is that as this project starts to become more and more successful and make more and more of an impact that we are handing power back to the members of our tribe to support us and help us expand this work out into the world through their own networks if they want to take this work and become fathers sons brothers tribe ambassadors and do men's work in their own community that we're creating a space to be able to do that and so that's really one of the the ways that we want to expand our reach where many online businesses focus on paying money to large online platforms social media platforms like instagram and facebook we may choose to do some of that but we don't really align with the business models of facebook and instagram specifically facebook and without going into all the details i think some of the idea around censorship and how Facebook has behaved in the last two years, probably four years, doesn't sit that well with me. It is a, it is a relatively um, simple space in order to be able to invest some money to drive some traffic and grow a business. But I, we really want to focus on different ways of expanding this and we feel that that's going to come through our tribe through people sharing this content through people becoming members of our tribe and saying hey join this community because because it resonates and we're we're open to co-creations and collaborations and matt maybe you want to speak into what it is that we're thinking around that yeah ideally we want our our brothers who are resonating with us to come on the recommendation of one of their friends or brothers who has has heard our messaging and wants to get involved wants to interact with with us and our content and so i want to use this opportunity to call for collaboration if you're listening to this podcast and you've gotten to this section of it who do you know who would appreciate engaging with this content who are some of the creators podcasters influencers men who are standing in their power who we should be outreaching to making an introduction and collaborating with uh, that's what we're looking for right now we're looking for journalists and other podcasts and and just incredible human beings who maybe you as a listener want to hear uh, come on to uh, the conversation or maybe just our involvement with them would allow our message to to permeate a greater audience of men who are looking for the courage to step into their their most expansive version of themselves so um, that's what we're looking for and another piece of key collaboration um, involves fundraising and partnering with uh, with people doing work specifically around men and suicide Gareth perhaps you want to dive into that real quick hmm. this is an idea that came into our reality yesterday Matt and I probably spend about <laughs> three hours a day on Telegram voice notes backwards and forwards. He's in Spain. I'm in Guatemala. So we have a time zone difference. And then we are recording episodes here and brainstorming the creation that Matt shared with you at a high level of what's happening on the podcast, what's happening in the Call to Courage conversation. We're building the first Call to Courage live experience and also scoping exactly what our tribe membership is going to look like and there's quite a few moving parts there so this is quite new and 
we feel like in addition to uniting our tribe we're looking to collaborate and support programs and projects that make a difference in the world and we're not a hundred percent sure where that is a fit for us yet but one of the themes that seems to be coming through for us at the moment is linked to depression and extremely high suicide rates globally where the ratio of suicide in men versus women is significantly higher for men and without getting into all the detail and not being at all an expert or qualified in this field at all it seems to be something around the general frame and story that men need to have their act together and so when things feel difficult and things feel tough that often men don't have an outlet or a tribe that they can drop into a safe space and say you know what actually things are shit at the moment i'm I'm disconnected from my wife, I'm disconnected from my work, whatever's true in that moment to be able to have a space to be able to articulate that. For many men, they keep that to themselves and over an extended period of time, that lack of connection, that lack of authenticity and real heart space to be able to have these important conversations leads them to a place where the only way out is to to leave this reality. And that feels like something that we could we could change. I feel like that's a, a call to courage that we're potentially being asked to step into. And so really what that looks like for us is if you're listening to this and this vibes with you and you know an organization that is doing this type of work or somebody that we can connect with, that's probably a co-creation that we'd be interested in in exploring in a little bit more detail. And while we don't know too much about that, this direction could be completely different. I think what we're really calling in in terms of collaborators is who can we take some of the abundance that we're going to be manifesting into our experience in the next few months and years and really partner with somebody that we can make a difference in an area where maybe it is men's suicide, maybe it's young men and alcoholism. We're not 100% sure, but it's, it's sort of where we are opening ourselves up to collaboration at this stage. So that's a wrap of the formal points of what we wanted to discuss. The title of this podcast is 2000 Members in a Digital Men's Circle. And one of the orders that we've placed and one of the objectives that we have for the next version of our work that's coming in June is the Call to Courage Live Workshop. And our aim is to have 2,000 registrations for that 10-day free experience. And what we feel and what we spoke about yesterday, Matt and myself and another dear brother, Sam, was that perhaps some of the efforts and returns that come from that experience are going to go to our collaboration partner. And so we're really stoked to be able to share in this podcast at a high level the business model that we're creating to bring our work and our message to the world in a new way and if this content is vibing with you whether you're in a business of your own or whether you want to just get an inside uh, peek as to exactly how we're going to unfold this this experience over the next few months the call to courage conversation at calltocourage.live is the telegram group we will be diving into a lot more detail of exactly how we plan to do this so have I missed anything there, Matt, on our collaboration and the, the wrap-up of this episode? No, it all feels good to me. And yeah, we'll see you guys on the inside at calltocourage.live. I feel like I have some of my most creative ideas when I'm out in nature 
and um, right now I'm taking Layla for a walk in the mountains behind my house and I thought of something that I recognized in myself a couple of weeks ago that as an illustration may be able to support what I was speaking to in this podcast about reframing from a world of scarcity and competition more to a world of ease and flow and collaboration and one of the places that I recognized I still run a pattern sometimes of scarcity or not enough or a a competition pattern was part of our strategy to expand our work is to be guests on other people's podcasts and I had a list of podcasts and I was feeling like I was under quite a bit of pressure to get through all the work that we had. We had just launched the podcast and we've got an, an upcoming live workshop, which is also requiring a reasonable amount of attention and time. And one of the, the tasks on the project to-do list is called get on other people's podcasts. So yeah, connect with people who we we vibing with and get on their podcast and use their audience as a way to expand the message that we're sharing with the world. But what I recognized was we were in a meeting, like a project meeting, and this is a task that's being handled by myself, Matt, and a couple of people from our team. But what I said in the meeting was something like, so when you find one of these people on the list, one of these um, co-creation partners on the list, spend a couple minutes on their website at least before you sort of do the copy paste to reach out and connect with them. And I carried on with the rest of the meeting. And then afterwards I was reflecting that that's not actually aligned at all. That's like, yeah, me trying to optimize a shortcut for authenticity and connection. And yeah, it was coming from a place of like, we've got timelines, we haven't, we haven't got enough traffic yet, uh, we need to get these co-creations underway so we can start to expand. Yeah. And that feels a little bit like the young bull energy instead of the, the more mature old bull that's just genuinely surrendered, forming deep connections and trusting that the exact right co-creations are going to show up exactly when they need to rather than have to hustle through a list of 20 potential co-creations that I've created and someone on the team needs to find the best way to come across as authentic so we can get on their show. It's like... (laughs) Just speaking it out actually helps because I recognize the... I don't want to say stupidity, but it's like the immaturity in that strategy. And I think that's really what I was trying to point out is that when I operate from that place, I'm in scarcity. Like there's not enough people or I don't have enough of an audience yet or there's not enough people in the launch or there's not enough downloads on the podcast. And it's like not enough compared to what? And yeah, the deepest surrender is knowing that we're so supported in every single moment and we have everything we need already what continues to flow from here will just be a a reflection 
of where we are in every single moment with regards to flowing of abundance or podcast downloads. And um, yeah, I'm working on spending more time in that, that, let's call it like the, the place of faith where you're just grounded and deeply trusting that everything is lining up exactly the way that it's supposed to. And for most of the time, rather than having to hustle, it's sometimes just a journey of getting out of our own way and letting life just send the, the experiences, the downloads, the co-creators, whatever, to us. Sometimes I go a little much, too much into the hustle and there's a little bit of lack of clinginess. And um, yeah, that clinginess is like an energetic misalignment. And so, yeah, breathing into those and recognizing those where I can has been such a valuable part of the idea of how to reframe business and reframe things like competition in business and the financial abundance that comes from putting work into the world. Such a rich topic. Okay, there's a dog here. Much love from the valley in Guatemala. Ciao. Well done, you made it to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is a Father's Sons Brothers production. Do you want to participate in shaping these conversations? This show is produced from a live conversation that takes place inside our private Telegram channel. To hear the conversation in real time, contribute your voice and to ask questions of our guests, go to calltocourage.live and request an invite to access the group. Inside this community, you will receive additional behind-the-scenes content as well as exclusive access to our upcoming Call to Courage live workshop. Go to calltocourage.live and we'll see you on the inside.